Santa's dropping off way more than you expected this year. Thanks to Xfinity, the whole family can enjoy great coverage and fast, reliable internet speed up to gig, all at a great value. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. The FBI arrested a group of anarchists charged with plotting to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Not surprisingly, the Democrat media complex are reporting that these leftist anarchists are, in fact, right-wing white supremacists. And less than four weeks before the election, Nancy Pelosi is creating a 25th Amendment commission to remove Trump. With these stories and more from an American nationalist perspective, I'm Jim Dawes, and this is Right Now. And thank you for tuning in to Right Now. We broadcast each weekday at 3 p.m. Eastern on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. You can catch us live online on iHeartRadio or on demand wherever you get your podcasts. But this conversation never ends. Follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Right Now Jim Dawes. Shoot me an email at rightnowjimdawes at gmail.com or you can call or text the vent line and leave your rants at 772-245-0750. So... Out in Michigan, uh, led by Gretchen Whitmer, one of the most uh, authoritarian, oppressive uh, governors in response to the coronavirus. She's locked down her state repeatedly and unjustifiably. There has arisen a group of self-professed anarchists, and uh, the FBI has now arrested six of them. They say that more arrests are likely uh, to be coming and charge them with trying to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer and overthrow the the government in Michigan. Now, if you got your news from the mainstream media, you would believe that this group is a right-wing white supremacist militia that is uh, plotting to overthrow the government in Michigan. (laughs) It is 180 degrees opposite of that, the truth of it is. If you uh, if you go on social media, you can see videotapes of the leader of this group. He's got one of these anarchist flags that you commonly see um, paraded at Antifa uh, riots. He's got these big hoop earrings, uh, you know, in, uh, embedded in his earlobes. And uh, he's talking about how much he hates Trump and how, um, you know, it's... Uh, uh, they they need anarchy in order to install their uh, their leftist vision. That didn't stop, of course. Well, let me just play you a little sample of that. Constitute the Declaration of Independence was an anarchist document. It was a it was a document that said. That's, I probably should have prefaced this by uh, letting you know that this guy's an idiot. The Declaration of Independence was not an anarchist document. It was talking about establishing government of, by, and for the people. But back to the clip. It was a it was a document that said that said you don't own me. You know, it was a document that said you're not the boss of me. That's an anarchist document. Anarchy does not mean chaos, but the actually 
That is the definition of anarchy is chaos. This guy's a buffoon. The uh, the uh, Constitution after that, which James Madison and, you know, a couple other people. Or no, <laughs> James Madison and a couple of other people. Maybe it wasn't James Madison. I think he was a Federalist. It was a couple of the Founding Fathers. Thomas Paine was one of them that said they didn't like the Constitution because what it did was created a ruling class. The Constitution, written by Thomas Paine, a Founding Father. Uh, Thomas Paine is not a signatory to the Declaration or the Constitution. This guy is a buffoon. But he is an anarchist buffoon. He's an Antifa buffoon. He's sitting at his... Uh, his uh, laptop there he's got these big hoop earrings embedded in his lobes where he's stretched his earlobes out he's one of those here he is uh, talking about his feelings on the president of the united states that of course the media is uh, claiming that trump is uh, is uh, that these guys are representing trump no trump is not your friend dude and it's it amazes me that people actually like believe that when he's shown over and over and over again that he's a tyrant. Every single person that works for government is your enemy, dude. This is a he's a classic Antifa anarchist. Here's Gretchen Whitmere, who would have you believe that this uh, this guy is working for Trump. I also want to thank Attorney General Nessel and the U.S. attorneys, Burge and Schneider, and their teams for pursuing criminal charges that hopefully will lead to convictions, bringing these sick and depraved men to justice. Just last week, the President of the United States stood before the American people and refused to condemn white supremacists and hate groups like these two Michigan militia groups. Well, there's the first of the massive lies. He did, in fact, condemn hate groups and white supremacists. And these two Michigan militia groups, so-called, are not white supremacists, and they're not right-wing. Stand back and stand by, he told them. Stand back and stand by. Hate groups heard the president's words not as a rebuke, but as a rallying cry, as a call to action. So stand back and stand by as a call to action according to the lunatic governor of Michigan. When our leaders speak, their words matter. They carry weight. When our leaders meet with, encourage, or fraternize with domestic terrorists, they legitimize their actions. When did Donald Trump meet with, encourage, or what was the other word, legitimize uh, militia groups? Never. And they are complicit. When they stoke and contribute to hate speech, they are complicit. Uh, when you stoke and contribute to hate speech, like the hate speech that we've heard for the last six months in our streets, calling uh, for the murder of police officers, that is that what we're talking about? Those groups funded by left-wing Democrat groups? validated by calling them peaceful riots by everybody from Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Michelle Obama, Nancy Pelosi, all the way down through the Democrat hierarchy, including Gretchen Whitmer. 
So let me say this loud and clear. Hatred, bigotry, and violence have no place in the great state of Michigan. If you break the law or conspire to commit heinous acts of violence against anyone, we will find you. Unless, of course, you are a left-wing Antifa or Black Lives Matter group, and then we will have our Soros-funded district attorneys immediately uh, uh, drop all charges against you. This is such a ridiculous joke. The hits just keep coming. I love how these, uh, well, I don't love, That's uh, I'm saying that sarcastically. These uh, deaf interpreters are always standing over the shoulder of politicians doing a, a, a an interpretation dance. This one that's standing over Gretchen Whitmer's shoulder is doing her best to uh, make scary faces as she uh, acts out Gretchen Whitmer's delusional statement on this. Biden, of course, jumped in on the act, further promoting uh, this continued lie that Donald Trump hasn't repeatedly and forcefully condemned white white uh, supremacists and uh, and would have you also believe that this anarchist group this left-wing, Trump-hating anarchist group that plotted to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer is Trump's fault. Yes, I do. I think it does. Not only did he say that, but he went on to say that they're very good people on both sides again. Come on. People walk around in a governor's driveway with assault rifles and wave flags. I mean... They should be, this is something to be concerned about. And you saw what the head of the FBI said a couple days ago. He said the greatest terrorist threat in America is from white supremacists. Why can't... Well, where are some of these white supremacists? We have a real shortage of white supremacists in this country. If you believe uh, the Democrats, we haven't seen them uh, rear their ugly head uh, during any of this. And the media is, is uh, you know, pitching a fit for this planned kidnapping while they've been turning a blind eye, justifying and contextualizing BLM and Antifa burning down cities, murdering people, committing assaults. Where was the FBI then? Where is, may I say, Bob Barr? There is absolutely no link, either ideological or any other way, between Trump and these kidnap plotters. There's no zero evidence that they are white supremacists. This fine people hoax that they're continuing to flog has been thoroughly debunked repeatedly. But Joe Biden, Gretchen Whitmer, Kamala Harris, all of the Democrats are using this to further their narrative that our big boogeyman is... The white supremacist. Here's a, a talking head on MSNBC named Frank Figluzzi. Oh, I'm pronouncing that right. Who says that uh, <laughs> he says that in normal times, the FBI would arrest Donald Trump for what these left wing anarchists were plotting in Michigan. Would their rhetoric be a part of the investigation? Could Donald Trump be aiding and abetting, you know, basically domestic terrorism? If this were virtually anyone else, Joy, their name would be added to the subject line of the investigation. 
they would be looked at for instigating violence, for aiding and abetting, for conspiring. There would be a serious sit down at the very least, and they'd be shown the dots that are connected between their rhetoric, their encouragement and actual acting out violently. Now, he's talking to uh, Joy Reid at MSNBC, who has been one of the most unhinged uh, encouragers of this violence from Antifa and Black Lives Matter. And what Frank Fugluzzi is uh, representing here is uh, if you pay some of these people, he's, by the way, a former FBI um, agent. I don't know if he was a field agent or an analyst. But if you pay these people enough, they will say absolutely anything to uh, validate the left-wing narratives. We're going to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Rebel rousers, instigators, troublemakers, freaks, agitators, fanatics, scallywags, scamps, firebrands, rogues, scoundrels, mojo sexuals, mojo five o. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Rebel rousers, instigators, troublemakers, freaks, agitators, fanatics, scallywags, scamps, firebrands, rogues, scoundrels, mojo sexuals, mojo five o. So every now and then the the mask completely slips from these leftists, and they say what they're actually thinking. And this is a prime example I'm about to play for you right here. This is Hanoi Jane Fonda. She was appearing on one of these uh, Zoom calls with a bunch of leftists plotting strategy on how to uh, take over the White House and install a one-party government in this country when she said this. I just think um, COVID is God's gift to the left. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I just think um, COVID is God's gift to the left. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's hard to argue with her. This has been a gift to the left because they've, it's allowed these uh, Democrat governors in many states to wreck the economy, to uh, punish people, to instill fear in the populace so that they can uh, try to drive, uh, drag old Joe Biden across the line, whereupon he can uh, promptly turn power over to the left wing through their representative on the ticket, Pamela Harris. You know, Han- Hanoi Jane is uh, probably one of the most disgusting figures in modern history. It's a great shame that uh, Ted Turner married this evil person who went to North Vietnam during the Vietnam War, set on a anti-aircraft uh, artillery piece and started talking about uh, shooting down American pilots. But the evil has really never subsided in her. And now she uh, she is expressing the truth behind the left-wing agenda when it comes to the Wuhan virus. Oh, I just think um, COVID is God's gift to the left. <laughs> she thinks it's funny, too. 
Well, it looks like this town hall debate that was scheduled for next week is probably not going to go forward. Uh, the the uh, Commission on Presidential Debates quickly after Mike Pence uh, destroyed Kamala Harris decided that they can't risk having another disastrous debate performance from the Harris-Biden ticket. And so they tried to move uh, the next week's debate onto Zoom so that they could, uh, you know, have control over Trump's microphone and uh, and allow Joe Biden to sit in his basement and read off his teleprompters. Of course, uh, Trump says he's probably not going to go forward with that. He's trying to uh, delay uh, the next two debates by one week. The Biden campaign won't agree to that. And, um, and we don't know if we're going to have any more debates. I think it won't, uh, move the needle, uh, you know, in Biden's direction if we don't have any more debates, but, uh, these debates would be, uh, another great opportunity for the American people to get to see just how, um, far gone old Joe Biden is. So I, I would like to see another two debates, but this presidential debate commission has shown at this point that they can't be trusted. The fact that they, they put, uh, Chris Wallace is the first moderator who you can know is reliably a Democrat and, uh, has, has always, you know, been anti-Trump. And then, um, on the next debate, they've got a guy named Steve Scully set to moderate. Steve Scully is a host over at C-SPAN, but more importantly, he interned for Joe Biden. He began his career working for Joe Biden. And you can find photographs all over social media with him attending social events with Joe Biden, standing and posing for pictures with their arms around each other. Scully also worked for uh, Ted Kennedy. He he was a uh, an aide in Senator Ted Kennedy's office. So the fact that the debate commission would pick somebody like this tells you from the get go that they're they're not objective. They're uh, pursuing an agenda. Steve Scully was busted overnight when he sent a tweet to none none other than Anthony Scaramucci. The mooch, the uh, one of the most over-the-top, unhinged Trump haters, Scully wrote, should I respond to Trump and sent this? Now, there's a lot of speculation on the Internet that Scully intended for this to be a direct message. I, I think that's obvious. Do you think Steve Scully would have been out in the open? Asking Anthony Scaramucci, should I respond? Oh, hell no. So this was, I would say the odds are nearly 100% that this was intended to be a direct message. And it was not intended for public consumption. So we see Steve Scully, the scheduled host of the next debate, colluding, dare I say, with Anthony Scaramucci, should I respond to Trump? He's looking for guidance from Anthony Scaramucci. Here's a clip of Shannon Bream uh, with 
a spokesperson from the Trump campaign asking about this episode. And thanks, Shannon. Good to be with you. Okay, it's hard to keep up, but what Twitter is really talking about right now at this moment is a tweet that appears to come from the account of Steve Scully. It is a blue checkmark account. He was to be the next moderator, um, established, well-respected Washington guy over at C-SPAN. The tweet says, at Scaramucci, should I respond to Trump? The president referenced him earlier on um, Sean Hannity tonight. Let me play the President Trump sound. The other one is... uh from C-SPAN, and he's a never-Trumper. I think somebody said he worked for Biden at one point. This is These are the people we get. Okay, so apparently Steve Scully did intern for uh, Mr. Biden at one point. So this tweet tonight, people are asking whether he meant that to be public, whether his account has been hacked, whether he meant that as a DM to Scaramucci, why he would be talking to Mr. Scaramucci. Uh, Scaramucci has uh, tweeted back to it, ignore, he's having a hard enough time, some more bad stuff about to go down. There's a lot there. This is what you call having the mask ripped off. This this left-wing former Biden intern aide to the far left, Ted Kennedy got caught accidentally sending a tweet instead of a direct message to Anthony Scaramucci on how he should respond to Trump labeling him as a leftist. Your comment. Uh, There certainly is. And if anybody's having a bad week, it's certainly the Presidential Debate Commission uh, with the way they've handled this. And now their their chosen moderator uh, certainly seems not to be very impartial. Uh, The first one, uh, Susan Page, of course, is writing the the glowing biography of Speaker Pelosi. And now Mr. Scully, uh, who interned for Joe Biden, now uh, colluding, uh, to use the the word the Democrats love, uh, with the mooch who, you know, I, I love the mooch, but he's gone way off the deep end. He is a wild-eyed critic of the president at this point. And now to have a debate moderator seeking his advice, uh, I think the cat's out of the bag. I don't think Mr. Scully is impartial. Uh, So that that really calls into question, uh, again, the debate commission's judgment here. That was Brian Morgenstern. He's a deputy communications director for the campaign. You know, this is is one of the results of Donald Trump's uh, disruptor strategies it ends up exposing a lot of these uh, democrats for who they truly are in this debate commission uh, they call themselves nonpartisan they are in fact a collection of washington establishment relics a bunch of left wing democrats and uh, an equal number of trump hating establishment republicans they're doing everything they can with the selection of these moderators and the formulation of these questions and the formats to try to protect old Joe Biden and drag him across the line. If they ask oh, one-tenth as hard of questions as Joe Biden as they do of Donald Trump, he would be exposed. He has got a long, long history. He, he says wants you to believe that he's all about racial justice. This is the guy that gave the eulogy for Senator Robert Byrd, a former Grand Klegel in the new in the Ku Klux Klan. By the way, Ted Kennedy was there as well, and uh, and Hillary Clinton calls the former Grand Klegel her mentor in the U.S. Senate. 
Well, Nancy Pelosi is uh, going to put together a commission on the 25th Amendment that's uh, contained in the Constitution for removing a, a, a president that's unfit for office. The House of Representatives really has no place in the 25th Amendment. That uh, is done by the vice president and the cabinet. And you got to wonder whether or not she's putting this in place to remove Trump just a little over three weeks from the election, or she's trying to put it in place so that if and when Joe Biden's elected, they can quickly move him out of the way and install Kamala Harris and another left winger in the White House. When we come back, we're going to have uh, cheat by mail rulings. There's been a bunch of court rulings come down. We're going to talk about packing the court. And we'll take a look at Michelle Obama's unhinged rant against Donald Trump and his supporters this week. Stick with us. We'll be right back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. So Crazy Nancy has stepped away from her gourmet ice cream long enough to... She doesn't have time to come to a compromise on the coronavirus relief that she wants hundreds of billions of dollars to bail out Democrat states and cities across this country. Instead of providing relief to the American people, she wants to use that as a vehicle to bail out her dysfunctional Democrats, fellow Democrats. But her newest uh, scam, while she's not doing her job, is to install a 25th Amendment commission to study removing Donald Trump. I don't know if this is just uh, a, you know, something to grab headlines and cast doubt on the president's fitness to serve. It'll have exactly the opposite effect if that is the case. But, uh, you know, it it may be uh, that she just wants to be able to stick the knife in Donald Trump a little more after she has used her position as Speaker of the House to try to impeach him for no good reason. Here she is yesterday at her weekly news conference telling the reporters uh, what to expect. When we hear people saying, I'm I'm young and I'm a perfect specimen, instead of addressing the fact that, what, 50,000 people were... uh, in fact, it, it reports to be infected yesterday, nearly 1,000 people died. What are we talking about here? Tomorrow, by the way, tomorrow, come here tomorrow. We're going to be talking about the 25th Amendment. 
but not to take attention away from the subject we have. The 25th Amendment, uh, the House of Representatives has no role in the 25th Amendment. The 25th Amendment is uh, to the Constitution that allows the vice president and the cabinet to remove a president who is unfit for office physically or through, you know, mental uh, incapacity. That, <laughs> that sounds a lot like Joe Biden. So maybe, you know, this is an effort to uh, prepare the ground for what they believe is going to be a a uh, a victory for Joe Biden and uh, and be able to move him out quite quickly after uh, the January 20th inauguration. She's going to put um, Representative Raskin, I think he's from Maryland, he, he is a, a far-left lunatic. She's going to put him in charge of it. Here he is. The body itself would be nonpartisan. It would only be activated upon bipartisan, bicameral action by Congress. So there's nothing for anybody to be afraid of uh, except for a president. When he says bipartisan, he's talking about if they get one vote. That's their definition in Washington of bipartisan. If you get one member of the other party to vote for you, then they declare that this is a bipartisan effort. I think they could probably get one in the House and the Senate. Presidential incapacity. Do you believe that this this bill would end up uh, resulting in the removal of President Trump? I've got no idea, and it's not my... Oh, I've got no idea. I didn't even think of that. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't know. That's, uh, that's not what's going on here. Yeah, right. So they want to pack the court. They want to usurp the executive branch's power to remove a president. They want to overturn election laws in states across this country. And they want to tell you that they're doing this in the name of democracy and that Donald Trump is a real threat to democracy. Gets tiresome after a while. Nancy Pelosi should be working on the uh, the stimulus bill. Right now, tens of thousands of airline workers are due to be furloughed because she wants a, a bailout of the Democrat states. Instead, they're invoking the 25th Amendment, defunding police, locking down schools and churches, shutting businesses, mandating masks. And they're... They're trying to get Joe Biden in there who refuses to answer the question whether or not he would um, he would pack the court if he and Kamala Harris are elected. When he refuses to answer that question, you know, you know the answer. If he weren't going to pack the court, he would say so. Of course he's going to pack the court. And he's, uh, he's sending a wink and, his nod, and a nod to his far-left base. Uh, just stick with me, Bernie bros, and we'll do whatever it takes to turn this nation into a one party, uh, tyranny, similar to what we've done in California. Well, these Friday shows are often a, uh, sort of a week in review because in Washington, uh, they like to hold all of their, uh, their bombshells or the things that they're uh, that you know are the most um, significant, but they don't, they don't want a lot of attention to. They like to hold those for Friday nights, 
And so by the time Friday morning rolls around, uh, you know, it, uh, the, the news cycle in Washington has sort of gone quiet. And uh, we, of course, air live at 3 p.m., so, uh, so there's not a lot of new, new news. And what we end up doing is uh, a sort of a review of the week's news. Well, earlier this week, Michelle O., the husband of Barack Obama, uh, gave a, about a 20-minute video in support of Joe Biden's election in which she she told lie after lie after lie, the most uh, significant of which is these the peaceful protest lies. And this is, uh, you know, the very next day after Michelle O dropped this, this um, screed, a grand jury in Milwaukee refused to indict a black Milwaukee police officer for uh, shooting and killing an armed suspect who had fired on him. Let me say that again. This suspect was armed and he fired at a police officer. The police officer, a black police officer, returned fire and killed the suspect. Now, normally that wouldn't even go to a grand jury. But of course, because these district attorneys are elected officials, and they have to cater to their, uh, in the case of Milwaukee, a left-wing base, they took it to a grand jury who promptly said, no, don't be ridiculous. Of course, a police officer is allowed to use deadly force if he's being fired upon. So that set off um, a night of rioting, looting, and destruction in Milwaukee and in the suburbs of Milwaukee where these Black Lives Matters uh Radicals went into neighborhoods and began throwing bricks through the windows of the white residents there. So that's uh, that's the context in which Michelle Obama just the day before said this. They're stoking fears about black and brown Americans lying about how minorities will destroy the suburbs, whipping up violence and intimidation. And they're pinning it all on what's been an overwhelmingly peaceful movement for racial solidarity. It's an overwhelmingly peaceful movement. Don't believe your eyes. It's overwhelmingly peaceful. This was a, uh, a talking point that was put together by one of these left-wing think tanks that went and captured every possible uh, so-called protest that they could come up with with an emphasis on the peaceful ones. If they could get two leftists standing, you know, with the entrance of a, a gas station blocking the way, they would call that a peaceful protest. And if, you know, somebody uh, raised a fist, if, if they had um, a one protest that didn't result in anger, they would divide those up and, and claim that they were multiple protests. It was designed to try to minimize the violence that's going on across this country. They, they claim that 97% of these protests are peaceful. What's been an overwhelmingly peaceful movement for racial solidarity? It's true. Research backs it up. Only a tiny fraction of demonstrations have had any violence at all. So they're tearing down monuments. They're attacking police officers. They're uh, calling for the murder of police officers. They're burning businesses, they're looting businesses, and now 
Michelle O comes out and tells us, don't believe what you've been seeing on the, the TV these last six months. These are peaceful protests. Overwhelmingly peaceful movement for racial solidarity. Racial. It's true. Research backs it up. Only a tiny fraction of demonstrations have had any violence at all. So what the president is doing is once again patently false. It's morally wrong. And yes, it is racist. It is patently false what you've been seeing. Don't believe that. Don't believe the two dozen deaths that were caused by these riots. And you notice while she, while she is uh, claiming that the major, the vast majority of these protests, these riots have been peaceful, she doesn't bother to take one sentence to condemn the violent protesters at all. That's not the point of her argument here. Her argument is to try to put up a bunch of squid ink and obscure what's really going on. But that doesn't mean it won't work. Because this is a, a difficult time, a confusing time. And when people hear these lies and crazy conspiracies repeated over and over and over again, they don't know what to think. With everything going on in their lives, they don't have time to fact check falsehoods being spread throughout the internet. And even reasonable people might get scared. And one thing this president is really, really good at is using fear and confusion and spreading lies to win. Oh, They're stoking. That, that is sort of a uh, distillation of the Democrats' response to these riots. Don't condemn the rioters. Don't condemn the violence. Don't condemn Black Lives Matter or Antifa. Pretend it's not happening and call it peaceful protest. It's a level of mind control that uh, is really uh, beyond anything we've ever seen in this country. Well, this week we had several uh, rulings, court rulings, on the Democrats' cheat-by-mail schemes that are are, uh, going on in the battleground states. They have um, court-shopped, judge-shopped in a lot of these states to try to get favorable rulings allowing um, delays in receiving ballots and counting ballots, weakening the protections that require signature matching or uh, any sort of witness to these ballots that they plan to generate by the hundreds of thousands. In South Carolina, um, they determined that no, you can't, just overturn the the laws and the Supreme Court ruled that, in fact, you do have to have a witness signature on an absentee ballot in order for that ballot to count. That is the law as passed by the South Carolina legislature, that the Supreme Court, or that the lower court, I should say, wanted to throw out. In Wisconsin, uh, they overturned a a lower court's ruling that would have allowed ballots to be counted for 14 days after the election, as long as they were uh, received um, before uh, the deadline. Here's the thing. They, they didn't require any postmark. So any ballot that was received after the deadline 
that didn't bear a postmark would be would be assumed to have been mailed prior to the deadline. The Seventh Circuit Court out there um, overturned that ruling. I think they uh, we had a, a positive ruling out of the state of Nevada as well. But what they're trying to do is institute the same rules that allowed them to vote harvest in Orange County, California, and flip that county from seven Republican congressional seats to zero. Going into election, Republicans were ahead in each and every one of those seven Republican seats. And by the time the Democrats had finished in their vote, vote harvesting operations, they had flipped each and every one of them. We're going to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. So on most of my shows, I try to do a long clip. And one of my favorite commentators on politics is Victor Davis Hanson. He used to come on this show, but he's become so popular uh, over at Fox. They, uh, they have him on, uh, on Tucker's show, on Laura's show, and they often have him on uh, Outnumbered and, and even the newscasts over there that uh, he, he doesn't have time for uh, my relatively small market anymore. And uh, I'm reduced to playing clips from him and uh, he appeared on Tucker's show the other night and absolutely in just a, a little over five minutes encapsulated what the uh, Democrat playbook is and what's really at stake in this upcoming election. So this is the point in the show where I'm going to play you one of these long clips. This is Victor Davis Hanson describing what's at stake and how the Democrats are trying to steal this election. Professor, thanks for coming out. What, what did you make of that debate? Well, we, it was pretty clear what their strategy is, and you hit on a lot of the points, is that they're going to talk about race, and they're going to talk about Trump as a mass killer, and that means they're not going to answer any questions about fracking, a new Green Deal, or packing the court, or who they would appoint, the because they are elite leftists who have made a bargain with desperate, hardcore socialists, and are not allowed to speak that. Even AOC kind of is in the deal. She's had a little anemic tweet and said, actually, fracking kind of bad. So they know where they're allowed to go and where they're not. And that, and that, they take kind of a cue from Barack Obama, a guy who went to prep school, grew up in an upper middle class. Uh, his grandmother was a bank official. And then he told us he was part of the underclass and he had been a victim of racism. And then he was actually a moderate. He was going to balance the budget. He wasn't going to let China be in debt. We weren't going to be in debt to China anymore. Uh, he said that he was opposed to gay marriage. He was going to close the border. And we know where that was. He had the most 
most liberal voting record, like Kamala Harris almost, in the Senate. So we know what they're doing. They won't talk. They won't discuss. And then what's the tactical manner in which they carry out that strategy? I think it's tripart. They're going to stay in seclusion because they feel that these polls are accurate and they're going to do a run out the clock and not get any controversial statement and then play, because they're not authentic people, play as if it's good old Kamala who grew up in Oakland when actually her parents were PhDs. She lived a pretty privileged lifestyle. And good old Joel from Scranton, a working class guy who became a multimillionaire after five decades in government. And they're not going to come out and they're not going to say anything that's controversial. And Joe, you, that quote from Joe Biden proved that. And then second, they're going to outsource this to the media and the Pelosi Democrats. So every four or five days, we're going to get that Donald Trump insulted the war dead, or he didn't, and they were all encapsulated in Kamala Harris's talking points, or he didn't bring up the assassins uh, with Pat Putin who were after our, our soldiers in Afghanistan, or Trump called the, the uh, coronavirus a hoax, which we know even liberal fact checkers have rejected, or he said something at Charlottesville, and that, that's going to be, and right before the coronavirus struck Trump, we were in the Melania's uh, trusted friend actually taped her phone call. That was a three-day psychodrama. And now it's Nancy. Now it's the turn of Nancy Pelosi today to say, 25th Amendment, he's crazy. And so that's what the media's role is. And then, and then you can see, finally, these. I'll be frank, Tucker, the, the moderators have a, have a modus operandi. They always have the gotcha tr uh, question for Trump. Didn't you say something about not accepting uh, the election? Didn't you say something at Charlottesville? Didn't you? And then to the other side, it's, uh, we're not going to ask you anything about you ain't black or you insulted an African-American journalist and call him basically a junkie and a cocaine uh, user or why Kamala did you call Joe Biden a rate? No embarrassing questions like that. So yeah. that's what they're hoping at. And then it, it begs the question, what's Trump to do about this? When he's, it's a 360 degree uh, op opponents and the celebrities and the academic world and intellectuals and the wealthy and the elite of Silicon Valley and Wall Street. I think he's got to he's got to emphasize that this election's on class. It's not on race. There's a hundred exactly. million people, muscular people, are out there every day taking a risk that they're going to be infected. while they serve you at, at a store, or they bring your DoorDash food to your curbside, or they bring your uh, oven when it blows up from Home Depot, or they're trucking all night, or they're producing food, or they're farming. And yes, they don't always have the correct mask and. Maybe they don't social distance, but they're keeping the country uh, going for whom? The Zoom and the Skype yep. class that are in their basements, telemarketing or teleworketing or whatever they do and making a lot of money and then hectoring everybody that they're politically incorrect or they're racist or their mask is an inch too small or they, they were one foot closer. And Trump's got to say, you know, I'm, I'm one with these people. I, I want to frack because that frees us from these Middle, middle East quagmires yep. and it gives your kids good wages and it doesn't seem your kid to Afghanistan or Iraq. I want to get out of the Green Deal because I want you to have a job. I don't want a bunch of elites in the Bay Area to tell you how to live your life. So it's got to be a class argument. And I think he can say, I'm one with you. And I did. I don't have any apologies for getting sick. That's what the president's supposed to do. You're supposed to take risk. Meet foreign leaders. Bring individuals into the White House. Crisscross the country. Yeah, even have a rally. I'm not. Uh, and you know what? When I get sick, I'm going to take risks by taking experimental drugs if I have to to get back on the job. I am not going to 
stay in my basement and quarantine myself and isolate myself and pass judgments on others that you're not willing to take the same risk. And I think that argument's going to appeal. A lot of people are getting tired of the sort of, the sort of things that you outlined tonight. Well, I certainly am. The people who benefited the most from the country seem to despise it the most, which is unsustainable. Professor Vic Javis Hansen, great to see you tonight. Thank you. OVDH had a lot to say in that short five-minute clip there. And uh, every one of them is right. Uh, They're trying to, you know, claim that Donald Trump got this virus because he was being reckless. No, he got the virus because he was doing his job. He was in solidarity with the other so-called essential workers, acting like an essential worker, which most certainly the president of the United States is, and he was doing his job. Yes, part of that was during the campaign. But if President Trump believes that the modern Democrat Party is an existential threat to this nation, he has a, a, an obligation to the nation to get reelected. Certainly, most of his supporters do believe that the Democrats are a threat to this country, and there's no reason not to believe that that's true. Out in, um, in Portland, they're in the middle of a, uh, a, a re-election for the Antifa sympathizer, Ted Wheeler. Ted Wheeler. Now, you might believe that this would be an opportunity for the, uh, the normal law-abiding people in Portland to uh, have a voice in trying to defeat Ted Wheeler. <laughs> but you would be wrong. Because the, uh, the, the only candidate that's uh, declared and put together a, a candidacy against Ted Wheeler is somebody that's even further left than he is. Uh, I can't remember her name right off. I'll get it uh, at the end of this clip. But they had a debate last night between T- Ted Wheeler, who actually participated in the uh, the violent protests against the uh, federal building in downtown Portland. He he didn't actually engage in any violence, but he certainly said that uh, anything was justified as the rioters tried to burn down that courthouse. But as I say, if you thought it couldn't get any more crazy, if you thought someone was going to step up and try to uh, uh, bring Portland back to sanity, you were sadly mistaken. Here's a clip from last night's mayoral debate in Portland. You want to take $50 million from the police budget and redirect it to other programs. What is one police program you would cut and where would you direct that money instead? You know, I really want to lower our expenditures on tear gas. And I say that um, with a little bit of laughter in my voice, but not really. because <laughs> We want to uh, do away with the tear gas in the budget so that the rioters can have uh, free reign. It's no laughing matter that we were able to come up with $8 million in police funding to deal with these protests this summer. But we're still looking at thousands of Portlanders without shelter, even as the most traumatizing winter from a public health perspective in a century is coming our way. This is exactly what the community is 
talking about when they say we want you to divest from militarized responses to public safety and reinvest meaningfully in community programs that work. So drawing down the hyper-militarized responses, the body armor, the armored vehicles, the tear gas, the rubber bullets, I don't want to see us spending our tax dollars on those things. I want us spending them on programs that make sure. So she wants to disarm the police. She wants to remove the very minor uh, uh, tools that they have to try to protect the city of Portland citizens. You know, I, I just got to ask, where are the sane people in Portland? Are there any? Do they enjoy their downtown being uh, the site of violent protests for going on a year? Oh, well, no, it's not a year. It's over 100 nights. I guess at this point it's up to about 120 straight nights violent protests where riots have been declared again and again. And now Ted Wheeler, who uh, has justified this and not taken any forceful action to make, uh, make it stop, challenged not on his right but on his left by a self-declared Antifa supporter. All Portlanders, especially BIPOC Portlanders, feel safe no matter where they are in this city. Those things you're talking about, though, are really kind of a drop in the bucket to $50 million you want to cut. That is a lot of money. How do you ensure the safety of the community, especially since we're seeing scaling up the Portland Street response team, for example, is taking a lot longer than expected? How do you keep the community safe in the meantime? Well, that's not the issue for this woman. She's not about keeping the Portland community safe. I wonder if there has not been a challenge to Ted Wheeler from a a sane person that wants to restore law and order in Portland because uh, they would be immediately physically attacked by the violent uh, Antifa goons. Laurel, I need to make clear that that $50, that $50 million number didn't come from me. This is not me leading on this, and this is a clear distinction between me and the incumbent. I don't come out with these ideas on my own and then think that the public needs to accept. No, she gets her ideas from Antifa themselves. What can I do to help you in your Marxist struggle to destroy our city? Well, you can take the, the tear gas and the rubber bullets away from the police so we don't have to worry about them anymore. It's been another crazy week here in the uh, the presidential election. I have no doubt that it's going to be the same next week and each week all the way up until December 3rd. And then it'll probably really get good. And we'll report on it all right here and make sure you're informed. I hope you'll join us then. On Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Have a great weekend, everybody. Talk to you on Monday. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. 
What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.